0: Good morning, church. We feel a little bit uh, different, but we believe that his presence is here with us, and that's what we seek. And his heart, I believe that when he is present, he will change whatever is inside of us, and that's what we need. And this morning we will see that um, God wants us to be strong in hope. And even he calls us to be prisoners of hope. We become prisoners, but in a good sense, prisoners of hope. Something that is good that is coming into our lives. And I believe God wants to encourage you. God wants to strengthen you that you will keep on to the hope. So let's open up our Bible. Um, Let's see the next slide. Can I have the clicker? Thank you. Let's read from Zechariah 9, verse 9, 10, and then 11. And, 12. and I invite you all to stand up together and read these verses together. Zechariah 9, verse 9 until 12. Okay, let's read. One, two, three. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you righteous and having salvation is he humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations his rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And then continue on in verse 11 and 12. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Amen. Please be seated. So let's come back again to verse nine. Zechariah was written by a prophet Zechariah and he was writing in the time when the people of Israel already came back from the exile. They came back from Babylon and some of them went back to Jerusalem. So Zechariah was one of the prophet that was sent to encourage the people in rebuilding the house of God. So it was after the exile. And here, Zechariah is speaking about the promise, the hope of the Messiah that is coming. And we will see today that number one, for us to be strong in hope, We need to be connected to a higher purpose. What is the higher purpose? The higher purpose is King Jesus who is to come. So the higher purpose is the messianic hope. Everything that we do in our lives, maybe you do business, you do your household work, you take care of your family. But if all those things, we do it without being connected to Jesus, to the hope of the coming Messiah, it will have a lesser impact. Unless we connected to the higher hope of the coming of Jesus, For example, there was a testimony from, I think the name is Brother Andrew, and his job was cleaning the dishes, cleaning the kitchen. But he said, I'm doing this for Jesus. Even though it's only cleaning dishes, but he is connecting it to Jesus. He is offering up his labor of love to Jesus. So the prophecy here, when we want to have a strong hope in our lives, number one, it needs to have the dots connected far beyond in the future where Jesus is coming. And if we have that dots connected, that means everything that we do now, be it in your family, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your workplace, once it's connected, one day it will pull together to receive a reward. So here Zechariah say, rejoice, shout a lot, because your king is coming to you. He is righteous, having salvation. So if you want to have hope, stay in God's righteousness. If you want to be saved, just recently I talked to a family and they've been under some problems. And because we live in a small, ta- a small city, sometimes people will talk. Yeah, the talk will go around and around. And this family felt so sad that what has happened in their family become people's talk. But I encourage them, don't worry. We cannot control what people say, but as long as we walk in God's righteousness, God will defend you. He will save you. His salvation is ready for those who walk in righteousness. So we don't need to care about because we cannot control them even. We cannot control what people talk about. It's okay, let them be. But as long as we fix our eyes on living righteously, God will defend us just like the sun shining at 12. Noon. The truth will shine forth. So God is having salvation. He will save us. And he says, he is humble, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. When I read this, you know, our king is not described as someone who is majestic only. But here, he is described as someone who is humble. The word humble here means lowly, afflicted, depressed, someone who is depressed. Someone who is having a lot of troubles, a lot of problems, and when we see in the world, when we see some dignitaries, when we see royal families, usually they are associated with people who are wealthy. They, their friends maybe, you know, whom they meet with, it must have, you know, it must be some important people. But our king is different. Our King Jesus is not somebody whom we cannot touch. He's not somebody who is out of reach. Our King is being described as a lowly person. He is very humble. He was afflicted much. So it speaks to us who are being low who are being depressed who are having a lot of problems and this king is opening up his hands to everyone even those who are poor and needy and you can make sure when you read his word the poor and the needy they are in the heart of God that's why We are so glad that our church also serves to the people in the marginal community with their Sunday school. So it's a heart of God to serve those kind of people. And this speaks about God is being available to you wherever you are. You don't need to be some important person. You don't need to have requirements on your knowledge, on your spiritual life. God is available to all, even in your weaknesses. So we need to have this connection with our humble Messiah in verse ten. He will speak peace to the nations. You know the understanding in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament at the beginning, they were thinking that Jesus was only for the Jews. But actually, since the Old Testament, God already spoke again and again that God's original plan is for the nations. So the nations, sometimes it was translated into the heathens they are second class compared to the Israelites as God's people but even to the second class even to the people who at first they were not called people God will speak peace the word peace is the word shalom. Our king will speak. Shalom is not only peace. Shalom means your welfare, your health. Everything that you have is in wholeness. There is nothing in need. Shalom also speaks prosperity. When your soul is in peace, your body also will live in peace. So Jesus, this humble king, will speak shalom into your lives. Every place in your lives that you still don't have shalom. Maybe it's in your physical condition. Maybe it's your relational condition. You still don't have shalom. Maybe it's in your future concerns. God, this king, this humble king, Jesus, he will speak peace. He will speak shalom. And when Jesus speaks, he creates something out of nothing. So he will create peace, he will create health, he will create wellness, he will create prosperity. And continue in verse 11. If we want to be connected, our lives is connected to the King Jesus, to the coming Messiah. We need to be in the blood of covenant verse 11 as for you also because of the blood of my covenant with you I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit nowadays we see what it means to be in a war we've seen the grimness of the war how many people have been died and maybe before they died they've been tortured Maybe they were in a place where it was so difficult. It was so sad. Their lives is being destroyed. And there is a promise of God. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Now this promise is based on the blood covenant. You know, when God is speaking about covenant, it speaks about blood. Abraham had to walk between animals that was laid on his left and on his right. And it says, I will walk and follow in this covenant. If not, I will be like those animals. So it's life and death. And Jesus made a covenant with us. And if the covenant is by the blood, it means it's a strong covenant. What does it mean? Maybe right now, you and I, we are in a situation when, where we are still in the waterless pit. Maybe we still don't see the hope. Maybe we still are as a prisoners. We don't get the freedom yet from the waterless pit but hold on to the covenant because when you have the covenant it's only a matter of time once you have prayed and prayed and prayed and believe that God hears your prayer and you stay in the covenant it's only a matter of time when God will answer your prayer. And even in verse 12, God will make us to be a prisoner of hope. So let's see that all our lives, in all aspects of our lives, whatever we do, in our daily life, let's have it connected to the Messianic purpose, and destiny. What is the messianic purpose and destiny? Jesus is coming as a king. His kingdom will be the only kingdom reigning. So every other authorities and power have to bow under King Jesus. So if we connected our lives from now, we submit everything under King Jesus maybe for example in regards to the children that you have they are not yours if we connected our lives to his kingdom the children are the treasures that God put into your lives and you need to train them you need to bring them like an arrow in the hand of a warrior You need to make them to be sharp. You need to make them to fly in the direction that they have to fly. And one day, God is asking, what have you done with the children that I've given to you? So one day, we have to offer, we have to give our children back to God as people who are warrior, an arrow in the hand of a warrior, our children to bring praises to God. And the result of the lives that is being connected to Christ is the peace of Christ. Let's read from Colossians 3 verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful once we learn to submit to king jesus now god will give us the peace the peace of christ rule in your hearts so friends let's learn to keep the Peace of Christ ruling in your hearts. So when we are in high emotion, we want to be angry over something that really aggravates our hearts. Maybe we are in a difficult situation. Let's take time first. Because God says, the wrath of man doesn't do righteousness in the eyes of God. So if the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, God's peace say, okay, calm down. You need to quiet yourself first. Maybe it's easier to just get back, you know, answer back in an angry tone. Maybe it's easier to be angry to your children, to your uh, uh, fellow workers. But when the peace of Christ in you said, no, don't do that, then we have to let the peace of Christ rule us. And we need to obey. Okay, I should not do this. And we remember, okay, Lord, help me, Lord, to respond in the right way. So that's the peace of Christ ruling in your heart. So many times, you know, when, at times when I feel like, oh, I will just say this, 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 and this. And God says, stop. Don't say that. (laughs) Change. You have to love them. So unless we pause and listen we may not follow the rule of the peace of Christ. And the second thing, if we want to have a strong hope, your hope is strong as long as your protection is. Who is protecting? First 9, chapter 9, verse 12 return to your stronghold, O prisoner of hope or prisoners of the hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. And when you see the picture there, the stronghold, the stronghold is meant to be a protection. So people will get inside of it and the one who is protecting is the stronghold. And I feel that one of the messages God is saying, you will have a strong hope, you will be strong, depends on where you are. If you are in the stronghold, you will be strong. And God is saying, return to the stronghold. Who is our stronghold? When you read in Psalms, our stronghold is Jesus. God is our stronghold. Now let me ask you, you and I, every one of us, do we have different strongholds or we have one stronghold, the same stronghold? If God is calling Himself, He is our stronghold, then we have only one stronghold, right? Our stronghold is Jesus. The name of Jesus is a strong tower against the enemy. So we all, no matter who we are, we only have one stronghold. That's why we come together, right? If we only have one stronghold, then we come together in the stronghold. That's the importance of fellowship of believers. If we want to be strong, we need to come together. Remember the early church? Every day, they were together. They were fellowshipping, they were listening to the teaching, they were breaking bread together every day. That's why the early church, they were such a strong community everybody was afraid of them it's an awe fear in a good sense so that's the importance if you want to be strong you know that's why we have fellowship with one another sunday service we have also care cells and maybe some other fellowship that you have with other believers. Those are very important. Return, it's time to return. So if we come to the point of our stronghold is God, then we need to come together. We need to return to the stronghold. But in the other hand, there is another kind of stronghold. So we need to ask ourselves, Am I being protected by God, or I am being protected by my own stronghold? Let's read 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So there are strongholds to be destroyed. Other than Jesus. Verse five. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Where are the strongholds that need to be destroyed? It's in our minds. We build our beliefs, we build what we perceive as right. We want to protect ourselves from being hurt. We thought the strongholds is made up of our belief system, from our minds, arguments, lofty opinions that is contrary to the knowledge of God. Sure, every one of us have opinions, but we need to check, is my opinions according to God or not? If we say, oh, I cannot forgive that. Oh, I cannot forget what someone did to me. And when you remember, you become angry. You remember the bad things that were done to you. So those are the things that we build in our minds. And instead, God said, we need to destroy. There should not be any strongholds other than jesus any other belief system any other thing that we think that oh this is what is right we need to check with the word of god is that true is that right if not then it says we need to take every thought captive to obey christ that's why brothers and sisters I need to give you the word of God instead of what I can just preach from one scripture. But that means you don't read the word because only the word should be your stronghold. We don't want to base it on my opinion, on on whoever's opinion, but it needs to be based on God's word. That's why we need to know. We need to understand what is the truth, what God is saying from His Word. So we need to examine ourselves. Am I still staying in my own stronghold? Or I'm returning to the stronghold? Jesus, God's Truth. And God is calling us, if you want to be really strong, protected, there's only one stronghold that will protect you. It's God and His truth. I believe Holy Spirit Will enlighten our hearts. Is there any arguments? Is there any opinions that we still have that is not according to God's truth? Open up your heart every time and just ask, Lord, is there any stronghold in my life? And God said, You have to destroy it. In the name of Jesus, it has to be destroyed. And the third one, this is important because we need to respond in the right step. Verse 11, we need to be in the blood of the covenant. That's why communion is very important. We only have communion once in a month. So make sure that's an important time to come and partake of the communion, so we don't just, oh yeah, it's only, you know, we do that every time in the church, but when you believe, when you take communion, it's a covenant, your covenant is being renewed with God, and when you take it with a deep understanding, deep faith, when you take the body and the blood of Christ, something happened. Your heart is being renewed. The covenant is being renewed. And that will bring healing. That will bring the promises of God in your life. Communion is very powerful. So take it seriously. Because when you take it seriously, the power of God will flow in your life. And verse 12, Taking our steps. Number two in verse 12. Return to your strongholds. When Peter preached and the people heard the message, they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and return. Return means taking a turn back from whatever was not right and returning or repenting is not only one time oh i already repented and that's it but god wants us every day before you go to sleep because some people in their sleep they just go on and they never wake up again So every day, every time we are being reminded of something was wrong, we need to quickly repent and return. I believe this is the season, friends, that God is calling the church, come, return to me, return to the stronghold, because God knows the coming difficulties, the coming trials, the coming tribulations, if you do not return to the stronghold, going to be hard. This is the time, and God is calling. Now we see, you know, people coming together, churches coming together to pray together. This is a movement that we see God is doing right now. God is blowing the trumpet, calling, come on, come on, it's time. Go in the stronghold now, go in now. And this is a time. We need to return now. And Hebrews 6 verse 17 until 19. Why we need to return? before us we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain now God is saying that when he gives his promise uh, the previous verses it talks about how he promises Abraham I will bless you and multiply you and Abraham waited patiently and finally he obtained the promise And God said, he wants to show the unchangeable character of his purpose. It is impossible for God to lie. So God made an oath. God swore to Abraham. Usually somebody swore by someone who is greater. But for God, there is no one greater. So he swore by himself. So by two unchangeable things, the promise and the oath, it's impossible for God to lie. If it's impossible for him to lie, then we should return. Return to the promise God has in your life. Maybe you have come to own, oh, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh God, my life is so... You know when Abraham, when he received the promise, he was a nobody. Nobody knows Abraham. He was only a sojourner, he was no one. But now, all over the world, globally, we confess that we are the children of Abraham. But back then, Abraham was no one. But he persisted, he waited patiently for the promise. So, let this be a strong encouragement. You fled for refuge. the stronghold and hold fast and the last verse proverbs 23 let not your heart envy sinners but continue in the fear of the lord all the day surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off don't envy People who maybe looks and fare better than you, and you feel like, oh, I'm so still struggling, I don't see the promises of God in my life. But God said, return to the stronghold, believe, hold fast to the hope. This is now time to return to God. Stay in the stronghold. Let me ask the musicians and the singers to come forward and let's prepare our hearts. Let's all stand up together. Let's run to the throne of mercy. Let's run to the stronghold. And let's bow down before the King. And God says when you run to Him, you will find grace and mercy in times of need.